It's, uh, it's, a, it's a thrill to be here, really. I love your pastors, Aaron and Amanda. I've known Aaron for, uh, I think, 25, maybe plus years. Um, uh, kind of uh, one of the, the young guys that I would um, look at as like sons in the, in the faith and growing up and changing the world. And so uh, it's amazing what God is doing here at Coastline. Love to be with you. Uh, could we take a moment, though, and pray for your pastors? Uh, they're in Israel, of course. If you've been following them, they post it every 20 minutes. <laughs> we know exactly where they are all the time. But um, yesterday, if you might know, there was uh, an Israel um, attack on you know, Sy- Syria, I think, right? It was the largest since 82. So that makes the area kind of volatile. And so let's pray for their protection, okay? Father, we thank you for Aaron and Amanda. And God, you love them. They're yours. They're your children. And you are their, you're their protection. You're their rear guard. You're their strength. You're their everything. Lead them and guide them. No evil shall befall them. No plague come near them in Jesus' name. You'll bring them home safely. We thank you for them. Bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'll tell you a little bit about um, who we are. We had a great time talking about relationships. And a lot of times people say, how'd you get that gig anyway, talking about relationships? And um, it's never something that we purposed. It was something that just developed in our life. And one of the, the keys is to understand that God will always take your mess and turn that into your message. And so our mess was relationships, and mostly because of me. Uh, I grew up the second oldest of 11, and I stuttered really, really bad. So I was a really real loner, big-time loner. And in grade 12, I, I was one day came to my locker at lunchtime, and my friend said to me, there's a girl that likes you. You should go out with her. And that really didn't get my attention because I was afraid of girls. I never had talked to a girl. And, but then he said to me, if you do, don't mention God or she'll talk your ear off. She's one of those Christians. Well, I didn't know what a Christian was. I was wondering, am I a Christian? I don't know. I went to church every Sunday of my life, but I didn't know if I was a Christian. So something really went click on the inside of me. And the next thing I remember is I found her. And I don't know how I found her, but I found her. And I can remember I actually talked to her at her locker and convinced her to skip out of school with me for the afternoon. Her first time, my millionth time. And... My next question was, why am I not supposed to mention God? And she talked my ear off. And I really, I, I, I think I fell in love with what was on the inside of her before I even fell in love with her. But she's my first, my only. She's, her name's Helen. And uh, we've been married for 43 years, going on 44. Yeah, she's the love of my life. It just gets better, really does in every way. And so... I, we got married, I went to university, graduated as a dentist. And, you know, if you graduate as a dentist, that's what you think you're going to do for the rest of your life. That's pretty secure. And uh, we moved up north. And when we moved up north, our marriage was pretty well broken. I moved up north and she didn't. She stayed at home. So we're 350 miles apart and God got a hold of her life. And and the miracle that, that came out of it was our marriage got healed because of what God does because of what his word did in our life and so we end up moving back to Vancouver and um, started a church 32 years ago 
So I practiced dentistry for 10 years, the last two of which I did both. And back in the year 2000, there was a radio station in town that was the number one talk radio station in Vancouver. And they heard that there's this couple that teaches about relationships. So they asked us, would you try doing a relationship show on our radio channel, do a talk show? You know, a live, people call in, talk show, question and answer. It's just called the John and Helen Show. And so for a year, every night from 9 to 10 was a John and Helen show on CFUN Radio in Vancouver. And uh, we just learned a lot. We really did. And you know, one of the biggest, I shouldn't say surprises, but one of the biggest things we learned is we really do have the answers. The Bible really does have the answers. Because we never, it was a secular show. It wasn't promoted as Pastor John and Helen. It was just John and Helen. And people would call in with every single, everything you can imagine. And actually, we found the answers. And the answers are in the Bible. And it made a difference. And so a year after that, a television station started, a new, a new station in town. And the owners were Christians. And they wanted us to take our radio show and do it on television. And they wanted us to do it Sunday night from 9 to 10, prime time. But because on Sunday night from 9 to 10, in Canada, there was this really negative television show called the Sunday Night Sex Show. And it was this little old lady teaching people how to use all kinds of weird things and doing, you know, weird stuff. And they wanted us, would you teach what you teach, do it on television? And we want you to do it opposite her time slot. And so we did. And they called it Pure Sex and Relationships. And people watched it. We had four times the ratings she did. Our ratings were higher than the sports channel. <laughs> and I think it's because in the TV guide, you couldn't get the whole thing and it just said pure sex. <laughs> really. And people were tuning in expecting to get some picture show and they ended up with grandma and grandpa, you know, <laughs> answering questions. But the weird thing is they came back week after week after week. Why? Because the world is hungry. Really, the greatest pain in life is always going to be relationship pain. And the greatest joy is going to be relationship joy. And everyone wants that. Everyone wants that. Everyone. That's why one of the greatest evangelistic things we can do is put on a relationship seminar like you've done. Makes such a difference. So we did that for a number of years, and it's still playing. Those shows are playing everywhere. But now we're on the Hillsong channel, and uh, if you look it up, our show's called Sex, Love, and Relationships. And we're supposed to be the relationship experts. How did we ever get that gig, the relationship experts? Like I said, God takes your mess and turns it into your message. So I've been teaching this kind of stuff. And the message that I want to teach today really came out of, I was a couple of years ago in Lima, Peru. And a great, great church there. And the pastor's wife was teaching this group of young ladies from 16 to 25. There's about 700 in the room, and they're called the chicas. And she said, could you teach this for me, you know, the chicas? And I, oh, sure, I'd love to help any way I can. But I'm thinking, what am I going to teach all these girls? But actually, I have um, three daughters, no sons. I have five sisters. I have six granddaughters and one wife. <laughs> I've learned a little bit about that opposite gender. And in the background, there was this song playing, and everyone loves this song, and I thought, that's a perfect title. That's what I need to teach. So in order to introduce the message, I asked Tim if he would come, and, and uh, Tim, where are you? With, with the red shoes. Pastor John, if you'd help me out, uh, hold this for me. It's a 
my beautiful wife. He's a very handsome man. It just helps me kind of get into this moment here as I, we sing this. When a man loves a woman, he could never do a wrong. He could never hurt another girl. Yes, when a man loves a woman, oh, I know just how he feels. Cause baby, 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 yeah, baby, 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 yeah, baby, 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 you're my high world. <laughs> hey man, thank you, Tim. You know what? When he's looking at that picture, he really means it. <laughs> it's neat that he gave me the picture. I need inspiration. <laughs> but I thought, what a great title. Um, why? Well, because I really believe when a man loves a woman is important. But what does that look like? Our world doesn't know what that looks like. Really. Our world thinks when a man loves a woman, it's all about the hormones and the goosebumps and, you know, Valentine's. And it's so much more, it's so much more and so different and so important. Do you know that we teach people how to treat us by what we believe? Really, so much of how we'll be treated is what you'll allow people to treat you. And, I, and you know, I've got six granddaughters, and if I'm thinking, what could I do to help them? I'm going to teach them how to be loved. And you say, well, how'd you learn that? My wife, <laughs> she taught me. She taught me because she wasn't going to be treated any other way. And you think, well, wow, that's too bad. You, you know, you got pushed around and shoved around and your wife taught you how to love her. No, no, uh, uh, I'm the one that got the prize because I was created to love. Guys, you were created in the image of love. You were created to love. And God's kind of love is not what the world says. It's not about feelings. It's not about goosebumps. It's much, much, much tougher than that. I think the, the superpower of the universe is love. And God created you guys to love. And so I was the one that ended up on the other side of her teaching me how to be loved. I was the one that benefited. So for all the guys in the room, I want to help you. And I'm not going to make it easy. I'm going to talk straight to you, okay? This is what it looks like when a man loves a woman. And for all the women in the room, you need to know how to be loved. And you need to know it because you will teach the, the, the men in your world, including the boys. Moms with sons, you are heroes. You're so important in their world. And you will be able to teach them so much. But let's, let's go through this. When I, when I heard that song play, and it just, yes. And it was about 20 minutes before the, I had to start teaching. I just sat down and literally this poured out of me. And I haven't changed it. And... I've taught this in different venues. I think my favorite place to teach this is to all men. Because men really do want to know, how do I be a man? How do I be a man? And being a man is not, not about pushing weights. It's not about firearms. It's not about sports. It's not about the Olympics. It's about love. You were created in the image of love. 
Okay? So what does it look like when a man loves a woman? Number one, he will love why she is before he even meets her. Wow. What do you mean by that? We're all created with a why. We all have a purpose. We all have a destiny. Some people think that relationships is the goal of life. It's not. Marriage is the goal. If I could just be married. No, it's not. No. Relationships, marriage, serve the goal. Relationships serve the goal. The goal for every one of us is, is this destiny that's on the inside of us. And when a man loves a woman, something comes alive inside of him that's inside her. The Bible says one can put a thousand to flight, two can put what? Ten thousand. Ten times. What are you talking about? Together, we're ten times more productive. What does that mean? Ten times more money, ten times more whatever? No, no, uh, uh. See, life is a journey. It's a journey from who you are to who you're becoming. Okay? And the right person will take you there ten times faster. And the Bible also says in Amos 3.3, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? Okay? We actually have to be on the same path. Relationships serve the goal of life. The goal of life is you to become more and more like Jesus. And when you're on the same path, and you see, it's, it's something that happens when you get around. When, when, when I heard, don't talk to her, she'll talk your ear off because she's a Christian, something went click on the inside of me. What went click? Something that was already there. Something that started, you know, resonating. That's the key. There's, there's this principle called resonation, resonating. And it was discovered, actually, by the original mad scientist, Tesla. In 1898, he did a little experiment. He thought everything, everything has a frequency. Everything vibrates. All matter has a frequency. And if you could just get two with the same frequency, it would amplify. And it really does. You could just study. It's amazing. So you know what he did? He took a little oscillator the size of an alarm clock, and he attached it to the beam in his, his lab. And he thought, if I could just adjust the frequency, I might see some furniture, you know, rattling, things like that. And, and he, he kept doing that until the police busted in and made him stop. Why? Because the buildings next door were shaking and windows were breaking. The size of an oscillator, of, of an al alarm clock. That's when the two of you are on the same wavelength. The two of you work together. It is simply miraculous and explosive what can happen in your lives. When a man loves a woman, he'll love why she is before he even meets her. What do you mean by that? Well, sometimes he meets her and infatuation takes off. You know what infatuation is? It's all the brain drugs that take over the oxytocin and the dopamine. And, oh, I'm in love. And, and, and a guy that's infatuated will do whatever it takes to win her. Matter of fact, he'll become someone else. He'll, he'll put on a different color and a different personality, whatever it takes. But the problem is once he's won her, he just slides back to who he is. And so really, one of the questions that we often hear from, from, from singles is, how do you find that person of your dreams? And the answer is simple, run for God. Run for God. See, if you're running for God, 2 Corinthians 3, 18 says, 
but, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed from, from glory to glory. Something's happening to you. You begin to, 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 to realize, you're looking in the mirror and you realize what you see, but you see what God sees. It's the glory of the Lord and you're transformed. More. You, you begin to shine. The most beautiful you is the one running for God. The one serving God. It's not about the makeup. It's not about the plastic surgery. It's about your heart running for God. And when, when you're running for God, you become so attractive, you attract that person into your life. Really, if you're not married, don't go chasing people. Attract people. And the way you attract it is be the most attractive. Run for God. And what happens is you're running for God, and one day you look alongside, hey, I didn't notice you. <laughs> and you know what? If they can keep up, they got potential. But don't you slow down. And you recognize that God put something on the inside of you. And together, the two of you can do it better. And that's why I think young people, really the best way to date is in groups. Why? Because you can see across the room and you don't have to let infatuation spoil everything. You can see who that person really is, and you can get to, to, and something will come alive inside of you. Number two, when a man loves, what does it look like? He will guard his heart to give it to her alone. When a man loves a woman, he'll guard his heart to give it to her alone. What do you mean by that? A lot of people say, well, I was just so attracted to her. That's why. Well, what happened? Well, I'm not attracted anymore. In other words, you are a victim of your attractions. Do you know this is a principle? God never created a victim. Never. God never created a victim. We're all created in God's image. We're not to be victims of our attractions. We're to be architects of our attractions. And if you think you can marry somebody because you're so attracted and you're going to stay attracted all your life long, with no work on your side, you're wrong. You actually have to plan and purpose to be attracted to her for the rest of your life. Why would you live the rest of your life stuck? And that's what a lot of people in the world think. You know, when we had our radio show, we recognized the world thinks marriage is boring. They think, what, what? One person has sex with one person? Man, that's boring. I wonder why they think it's boring. Could it be that we look bored? <laughs> Have you ever been in a restaurant and you noticed a couple and you knew they'd been married for a long time? How'd you know? Because they look bored. <laughs> why? You know, boredom is a choice. Just choose not to be bored. How do you do that? Choose to stay attracted. How do you do that? Choose to keep your heart. Guard your heart. You know your heart is soil. The Bible speaks about it like soil. It's like a garden. It's soil. Do you know the soil is indifferent about the seed? The soil doesn't choose the seed. The soil just reproduces whatever seed you put in it. And guys, listen to me. What you see, you seed. What you allow to see, you seed. What you hear, you seed. When a guy loves a woman, he'll guard his heart 
And he wants to seed it with her alone. We live in a world today where people say, oh, it's so tough for young people, especially guys. You know, we live in such a seductive world. They'll never be able to deal with it. Testosterone is so strong. So what do we do? Well, let's just give them condoms. Let's just make it easy. That's the worst thing. It's not, I'm not saying giving condoms is the worst thing. I'm thinking make it easy is the worst thing. You want to raise teenagers? Don't lower the bar. Raise the bar. See, when you lower the bar, you say, you, you, what, what, what you're really saying is, I don't believe in you. You're not strong enough. You're an animal. You can't handle your, your, your own feelings. So when you raise the bar, but, but, but don't just raise the bar. Get involved. Help them. Fathers with sons, talk to them. You say, well, what, 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 how early? When should I talk to them? You can't talk too early, but you can talk a little late. Okay, if they're already going through it and messed up, then you've got to do some restoration, and that's never as good as preventative. But you say, well, what do I say to my sons? Tell them what you wish someone would have told you. Come on, guys, you've been there. Do you know when a, a boy is n nine years old, he's got testosterone? Okay, to the level of about two glassfuls. At 14, two gallons. All you guys know what I'm talking about. We all go crazy. And how do you deal with that? Well, you're still dealing with it. How do you deal with it? Talk to your sons. You don't have to give them every, every detail, but let them know. You're talking to them eight, nine years old. Tell them the greatest battle you'll ever fight is coming up. And it's not about out there, it's about in here. But you can do it. You're more than enough. That, that just builds up, that doesn't tear down. And our world so desperately needs family. Family is the amazing. I could go on and on just about that one topic, but, but guys, choose to guard your heart that your affection stays toward her. And who gets the prize? You. You, you're the one that stays in love and stays, you know, as Bambi said, twitterpated by her. Why not? You know, the world's full of comparisons. If you're married, there is no comparison. Why? Because you only have one wife. Other women are not your wife. So stop looking and comparing. That's just dumb. Number three, when a man loves a woman... Okay, this is really good, isn't it? Just, guys, I'm not here to beat you up. I'm, I'm really here to just in, empower you to be the man that God called you to be. You're able. And if you haven't found, you know, if, if you've struggled and you've had problems, you know, like many, I'm, I'm, I, you know, often I'm teaching teenage boys, and I'm teaching the whole thing about, about keeping themselves, you know, pure and keeping themselves without sex and, you know, for marriage and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And after I'm, I'm finished talking about it, I look across the room and I said, listen, if you have found yourself having problems and, you know, fantasizing and masturbating, all those kind of things, I've got two things I want to tell you. First of all, you're not a bad boy. Secondly, you're just stupid. <laughs> and they all go, thank you. Oh. Why? Because stupid is fixable. Really? 
That's all we need. We just need some older people stand up and give us some help. Not telling us we ever did everything perfect, but telling you, listen, we can figure this out. You're more than enough. The greatest battle's coming, but you can do it. Number three, he will continually pay the price to continually understand her. You notice that this continually is twice there. <laughs> Why? Well, if you think you've, you figured her out, think again. Because <laughs> as soon as you think you figured her out, she changes. <laughs> they move the goalposts. It's a whole new deal. And it's going to cost you. Continually pay the price. It's going to cost you. Why? Because the way you understand someone is called communication. And communication is the most difficult part of marriage. It's the most difficult part of any relationship, especially in marriage. And the reason is because we're so different. If you were to just think male and female, that'll tell you enough. But, you know, our world's so confused, you can't really use that anymore. But here's a, here's a fact. Opposites attract. And so because we're so opposite, it's going to take work. It's not easy to communicate. The first four years of our marriage were more like hell on earth than heaven on earth, and it was all because of communication. We did not know how to communicate. But if you love a woman... You're going to pay the price. You're going to figure it out. And it won't be a one-time thing. It'll be something that continually changes, and you continually have to understand her. We've been married for 43 years, and she's the most amazing woman I know, but today I know that I don't know. <laughs> I know more than I've ever known that I don't know. That's called wisdom. <laughs> Listen, guys, wisdom begins at, I don't know, help me. That's a wise man, I don't know, help me. Number four, when a man loves a woman, he will treasure, protect, and empower her voice. Her voice. Women, you have a voice. You have a voice, and we need to hear what's on the inside of you. We live in a world where the most dangerous sentence is, it's a girl. In so many parts of the world, it's a girl is followed by an execution, by a garbage bag. Why? Because girls are throwaways because girls aren't as strong as men. And as the video told us, they don't smell as much either. Well, they do, but in a much nicer way. But when you fall in love with her, you fall in love with what's on the inside of her. You fall in love with the dreams on the inside of her. There's this, this resonation, and you recognize the why. And you need to become her advocate. When a man loves a woman, he will make sure that her voice is heard. He'll give her the, the opportunity. He'll make the, the, the opportunity able for her to be heard, what's on the inside of her. I think it's so real in our world today, and yet it's so different from the way we see things, especially in the church. I'm upset with the church, I must tell you, it, with the big C. And so often... Instead of, you see, the church was always called to right the wrongs of the world. 
Instead, we sometimes jump on the you know, bandwagon and, and women aren't allowed to speak. And you know, we, we take verses out of the Bible out of, out of context. And, and, and we, it needs to be. Jesus was the greatest emancipator of women ever. And when a man loves a woman, you don't have to teach him all those things. It's just intuitive. He'll empower her voice. He'll give her the ability to speak. Number five, when a man loves a woman, he will earn and guard her trust. Wow. Guys, the strongest part of any relationship is trust. If you were to put one word over manhood, it's strength. Okay? But strength is not, we're not talking about physical. We're talking about heart strength. And heart strength is love, but trust is love that's proven over time. Trust is the foundation that you build on. And here's the thing. You can't build without it. You can love somebody, but if you don't have trust, you can't build. You can forgive somebody. You can want to build. You can believe. And you can do all those things. Your heart can cry out for, I want to build a great family. But if there's not trust, you can't build. And that's painful. It's painful because dreams are thwarted because you can't build. And when a man loves a woman, he will intuitively build that foundation for her. I remember raising my daughters. I started dating my daughters when they were eight, seven, and five. And I'd take them on a date every month. And, and it, it was just, it was the best thing I ever learned. And when my oldest daughter uh, hit about 17, I noticed something on the inside of her. Like when, when, when a, a father dates his daughters and becomes their friend, they don't go looking for love in all the wrong places. It, it's actually not love they're looking for, it's affection. And affection can be, can be found at home in a healthy way. And so they weren't looking, but, but I noticed that about 17, she started looking. And I, I was, I was what's she looking for? And then I figured it out. You know what she was looking for? She was looking for a husband for her children. Why? Because inside of every woman, there's this, there's this maternal, okay? It's a maternal instinct to build a home, to build a family. But what's the guy supposed to be? He's supposed to be the protection for that. And it starts with this foundation. It starts with trust. When a man loves a woman, he, he intuitively knows he needs to build that. And yet so many times you hear people say, trust me. I know. I want to trust you, but that's not up to me. It's up to you. Trust must be earned. And when a man loves a woman, he won't even accept her, her you know, just giving her trust to him. He will earn that trust. And then he'll guard it. Why? Because broken trust hurts. And when a man loves a woman, guys are, own the tears you cause. Why? Because it's the only way to grow. Own the tears you cause. Get back up again. Shake yourself off and build it better than you built it before. You can rebuild trust. It's going to take time, but you can rebuild it. And when it's rebuilt, it's stronger. And it's generational. And this life is bigger than you. It's bigger than me. It's more important than the now. It's actually generations. And we see our world crumpling around us and we want to blame everybody else. But we're supposed to be the answer. We're the church. 
We are built on the rock. Do you know what that means? We're built on the only rock that won't roll. What that means? Trust. You can trust God with all your heart. A lot of people think, I'm, I'm going to love God and trust people. No, 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 uh, 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 uh. Trust God. Go ahead and love people. And we need to be that in our homes. Does that make sense? Every time I'm preaching, it's getting worse. Through This is the third time, and I'm getting more, you know, I, like serious or something. So let me, let me lighten it up a little bit. When a man loves a woman, he'll enjoy her as his best friend. Friendship is the elixir of life, really. It's the most important part of every relationship, friendship. Friendship, what, what, what is friendship? It's the want to. Friendship is the want to factor. You can love somebody but not like somebody. But friendship is I want to hang out with you. I want to grow old together. I want to be with you. If I had one person that I'd be stuck on some island all, all alone, it, it, I, I want it to be you. That's friendship. But friendship has to grow. And here's the thing about friendship. I think you, you, what, what you need to do if, to build friendship is you need to start to recognize that person and start to, to understand why they are who they are. When you build a relationship, you're writing a story. And you need to actually understand the story you're writing. And here's the thing I've learned over the years. The little things are the big things. The little things. The way, the way he holds his cup of coffee or the way he says hello in the morning. Or like in our house, the way he gives her that kiss with a cup of coffee. You know, I love studying people that have been married for a long time. See, you have a couple that's married for 50, 60 years, and one of them goes to heaven. Talk to the other one. You will learn so much about life. When you talk to the other one, and you find out why they hurt so bad, because they miss that person so much, you'll find out it's not the big things. It's not Valentine's Day. It's the everyday things. It's, it's the little smile, the way they smile. It's all those little things. Those are the things that we can pay attention to that build friendship. And I think it's a good job or a good assignment for every one of us. Pay attention to those little things. Grow that friendship. When a man loves a woman, number seven, he will love where she's taking him. What do you mean by that? Every relationship takes you somewhere. Remember what life is? It's the journey. Journey from who you are to who you're becoming. Every relationship takes you somewhere. Relationships are like buttons in an elevator. They'll take you up or they'll take you down. When a man loves a woman, he'll love where she's taking him. In other words, he'll look in the mirror and, yeah, I'm not finished yet. I'm not, I'm, I haven't arrived, but I'm not what I used to be. And I like what I am. And I know why. It's because of her. Really. A lot of times we'll get the question from 
from single people. How do you know this is the right person to spend the rest of your life with? And the answer is, where are they taking you? Because if it's the right person, everything gets better. Everything gets better. What do you mean by that? You love God more. You dream bigger dreams. You love your family more. You're, you're happier. All those things. Sometimes people get in a relationship and they become exclusive. You know what that is? Like, I got no time for friends anymore. No time for family. No time for church. No time for dreams. I'm not, no, I'm not going to go to school anymore. It's just all about this person. That's the opposite of healthy. When a man loves a woman, he looks in the mirror and he recognizes because of her. I'm changing. And ladies, you didn't recognize you, you, you have an effect. A lot of times, people get married and, and, and the woman says, I know he's not perfect, but I can change him. <laughs> and we laugh. <laughs> but actually, it's true. Actually, it's, it's even truer than you think. You need to change him. That's your job. But you don't change someone by, by nagging and trying to tell them to change. You change someone by influence. Leadership is influence. You lead by example. And, and you can make a difference in that person's life. Really, I'd never be who I am today if it wasn't for my wife. No question. But she'd never be who she is without me. Together, we're better. Number eight, when a man loves a woman, he will count the cost. Wow. Make his commitment to love her more and more till death do they part. Wow. What do you mean by that? Well, count the cost. What, what's, what's the cost? Everything. It costs too much. No, no, it doesn't. Jesus said, if you want to find your life, you've got to lose it. I think the greatest gift of marriage is you found someone worth giving your life to. Because you don't begin until you give it away. And in a world today, if you were to go travel the world and listen to young single women, you'd always find there's two questions they have. First question would be, where are all the good men? They're all in coastline. <laughs> Second question is, why? Are men so afraid of commitment? And I think it's a good question, but I love speaking to the men because I need to tell you guys, you were created for commitment. You were created in the image of commitment. Commitment is the strongest you you could be. The weakest you is a non-committed you. Commitment is love, which is the superpower of the universe. Love says strength. Strength is the word over manhood. Commitment is love that lasts, love over time. And when a man loves a woman, he'll count the cost and he'll make a commitment. People say, why should we get married? It's just a piece of paper. Uh-uh. It's private. It's just personal between us two. No, it's not. It's public. You too getting married will change the world and you will affect my world and everyone else's world. That's why you make a public commitment it's not just about you. And marriage, and count the cost, make the commitment to love her. And then you need to understand more and more. More and more. What do you mean? You just keep on 
growing in love. The Bible says in Proverbs 4.18 that the path of the righteous just gets brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. It gets better and better and better. My path is to love my wife. So I should love her more and more and more and more. So many people, I just, you know, I wish I loved her like when we first got married. Why? Why do you want to go back to that? Why not go forward? Why not? Why not have this vision of life just gets better? Instead of the world thinks marriage is boring. Why? Because you're going to grow old together and you're stuck. Really? That's what the world thinks. But you know the world thinks church is boring too. But it's not. Why do they think it could it be that we look bored? <laughs> not us, not, not a coastline, but some churches do. <laughs> it's our choice. We need to change that. Does that make sense? Number nine, I love this. When a man loves a woman, he'll make her laugh. He will make her laugh. The greatest sound is laughter of the one you love. Really, laughter is miraculous. It boosts your immune, you know, your immune system. It, it's analgesic. It's better than aspirin. Really, there's laughter rooms in hospitals these days. My wife loves to laugh. Her goal is to laugh every day to the point of tears at me. <laughs> she has a phone full of pictures of the funniest, weirdest things. You know, I'm on an airplane. And she takes a picture. She can't stop laughing. And I don't mind one little bit. Number 10, when a man loves a woman, he'll give his life to be her hero. Wow. So important. When I discovered that, just to me, it just made all the sense in the world. The number one goal of every male is to be a hero. Every boy is born with greatness. And the greatness is to be a hero. To be a hero is going to cost you. That's why the Bible says, Ephesians 5, 25, Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. It's going to cost you everything. And because it's going to cost you everything, there's only one person you can be a hero to. It's the one you gave everything to. It's a wife. So wives, stop worrying that one day your husband's going to be looking at all of the young women. He might be looking at all the young women, but you got something they don't have. You got the magic key. Because he can't be a hero to anyone else. He can only be a hero to you. You just need to learn how to speak his language. Every woman wants to hear, I love you, and then why? And that's cool for men, but you know more important? I'm proud of you, and then why? You're my hero. Wow. You just put jet fuel in him. My wife, years ago, I, I recognized her, and she said to me one day, she said, John, if I'm ever in a crisis, only one person I want next to me, you. Everybody in the world could say good things to me, but when my wife says something like that, that's it. Wives, you own the key. His goal in life is to be a hero. Just let him know that he's your hero. Every time he lays down something, let him know you recognize. He'll jump over the moon for you. He's created for that. He'll take a bullet for you actually designed for that. 
It's this amazing thing called love. Can I ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes? I just want to give you a moment of privacy. Give that person next to you a moment of privacy. Take a moment and listen. What's God saying to you? What's your takeaway today? It's going to make a difference in your life in eternity. Wow. I'd love to pray a prayer in closing. If when you walked in this place, it'd be honest with yourself, honest with God, your relationship with Him was not what it should be, what it could be. Don't leave like that. It's your choice. You can make a choice right now to change that. If when you walked in, in this place, maybe you've, you've never invited Jesus to come into your heart. Maybe you don't know Him personally. You know about Him, even believe in Him, but you don't know Him. See, Christianity is a relationship. But it's always going to be on your terms because it's your choice. See, if you've never asked Jesus, come into my heart and be my Lord, today's your day. And you see, He is Lord. He can't be anything else. And Lord means He's first place. Lord means He sits on the throne. He's the center of it all in your life. You may be here and you say, I remember the day when I prayed a prayer like that, but honestly, He's not Lord in my life today. Really, He's, he's in the back burner someplace, you know. There's a distance between God and my, me. And if that's you, you just need to turn around. Get back to where you were. Say yes to God today. I'd love to pray a prayer on your behalf. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'll pray for you right where you sit. But you and only you can make the choice. So all across the room with your heads bowed, no one looking around, if you'd say, that's, that's me. I'm, I'm making that choice. Include me in that prayer wherever you're sitting. Slip your hand up. That's you today. Could I pray for you? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Who else? Who else? This is choice time. Your choice. You don't have to leave. Thank you. You don't have to leave the way you came. And it's really not about the people around you or even me. It's about you. And I'm asking you to do something. Slip your hand up. Because if you don't, as soon as you get out of here, you get lied to. The devil says nothing happened. Just a feeling. No. You make a choice. You do something. If you haven't slipped your hand up yet, but you want to, go ahead. Is there anyone else? Can I include you in that prayer? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. All right. All right. I'm going to ask everyone in the room, if you feel comfortable praying along, please, let's pray out loud. Pray together. If you slipped your hand up, pray this with all your heart. Everyone say this, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. You died on a cross because you love me to pay for my sins. I believe you rose again and you're alive right now. Come into my heart. Take your rightful place. Be the Lord of my life. From this moment on, I want to serve you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap, church. God bless you.